On this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, we are discussing the new alliance between the PGA and European Tours and what this actually means. Lockdown part two is over. We are getting back out on the course. Tim also gives us a £10 challenge. As always, this is brought to you by myself, Chris Wright. Me, Ben Fowlis. And me, Tim Williams. Welcome, listeners. Today is an exciting day. I know today is an exciting day for you because no matter when you're listening to this, lockdown part two will be over and golf courses are open again. Uh, We are recording this on, what should we call it, lockdown two eve? I don't know, something like that. Uh, Either way, tomorrow, as we're recording this, golf courses are back open. Uh, So, I mean, we've got to start the chat there, guys. What, what have we got planned? Have you got rounds booked in? Are you going to be going to the range beforehand? Just, I'm excited. Timbo, lead us off. So I, I'm, I'm a bit ashamed to talk about this because I, I absolutely called both of you out on last week's podcast because I had a tea time or, or, or a round planned in for this coming Friday. And I peppered you guys being like, why aren't you, why aren't you committing? It's the first time you've been able to play golf in four weeks. Why are you not coming out? Um, so eventually we did get a four ball booked in for this Friday, which I've now actually had to cancel <laughs> due to, um, person, well, just personal admin that I just need to do on Friday. I, I literally just have, I can't spare the time on Friday. Um, so, uh, I'm kind of ashamed for digging you out and then not being able to fulfill my own tea time. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, are you playing this weekend though? We'll forgive you. Are you playing this weekend? Uh, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be out on the course. Um, oh, okay. I am going to go to the range on Friday. I might actually try. You know what I'm going to do? Actually, I'm actually going to conduct something of a social experiment over the next couple of days because um, the situation is the the driving range is closest to me. They do not operate any form of booking system, so you can't. Yeah. Under current circumstances, mental. Absolutely ridiculous. So yeah. there is no I can't I can't book my slot in advance. Um every, literally yeah. three three oh, ranges. Yeah, just quickly, for, for those who are listening who have just heard mm. that, it's not a driving range out in the middle of the sticks. It's in quite a big built up, very popular area, and the driving range is very busy, right? Well, one of them I believe might might is I think self-proclaimed the busiest driving range in Europe. Wow. Okay. Um, and the other one is absolute is is in a hugely built up area. But yeah, none of, neither of them allow you to book in advance. So my experience last time that lockdown eased was I went down at I don't know half eight in the evening on this would have been what April sort of time. I had to wait forty five minutes to get onto the driving <laughs> range, and you're literally stood in a queue outside the pro shop waiting to go onto the range. So not only is it just a monumental waste of time, I imagine it's probably not overly COVID friendly. COVID friendly. Like, <laughs> people to weigh outside the range. Um, so the the social experiment I'm going to conduct over the next couple of days is basically I do want to go to the range on Friday, but I want to go uh, either Wednesday or Thursday night after I finish work. The challenge, the question is, is for me is going to be, right, if I go there and it's it, we're obviously now into December, it's absolutely Baltic this week. Um, 
and it's obviously dark. Is this situation going to be the same if I rock up at eight o'clock on Wednesday night? Am I going to be able to go in and get a booth straight away? I'm going to have to wait for 40 minutes because if I've got to wait 40 minutes in December just to go and hit some golf balls, that's just not the one. So I'm going to have to think of a different strategy. I I predict the range will be busy. I genuinely, I, I, the excitement that we've seen within the group, like the excitement, like I I can't see it being quiet. <laughs> like I know it's cold, but golfers want to be out practicing. They got they've got rounds this weekend that they are not prepared for. But yeah, exactly. But so then I, I, I can only see this this going one of two ways, which is either I have to go to the range literally crack of dawn um which most of them the vast majority of them don't open until about 8 30 9 o'clock in the morning so i'm gonna have to be very selective with where i can go to try and hit golf balls at 7 7 30 in the morning when it's still dark or alternatively i'm gonna have to pitch up at like 9 30 at night and see if i can get onto the get onto it then what about like maybe a lunchtime no chance like it, no no okay. chance no okay is that is that because you don't trust yourself to actually leave? You'd just be there for like three hours. For me, it's, 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 work. it's a twenty minute drive to my nearest range. Uh, okay, yeah, fine. Okay, fair. Yeah, fair. Okay, so you've got okay, so you've got literally got nothing in. High chance of you getting to the range, queuing for twenty minutes, thinking, "Fuck this, I'm off. See you later." Friday uh, afternoon will be all right. I'll be able to get on Friday afternoon for sure. Okay, Friday afternoon. Okay, fine. Awesome. Okay, Ben. So I uh, did previously agree uh, after getting hounded by Tim to join him in his round on uh, on Friday. <laughs> um, the reason why I was I was kind of on the fence, as you may or may not know, you two definitely know. Um, I coach in a gym. Gyms reopen as well as with golf courses. So I've essentially done no coaching this past month. I kind of felt a little bit guilty going back for one day, then having a day off to go and play golf. Um, <laughs> inevitably, that guilt kind of took over, and I was like, no, I, I should be back coaching um, people in the gym. So. Um, I will be heading back to work on Friday. I am thinking and am considering not ranging at all. Bear in mind, I've not swung a golf club at all in my garden, uh, or in my parents' garden, rather, this whole month of lockdown, uh, and then just tipping up Sunday and seeing how we get on. Me and... uh... (laughs) What's the theory behind this? Why are you thinking that just expectations, keeping them super low? Like, what what are we doing here? No, I honestly don't know. I'm considering... I've already thought about just leaving the driver at home just so we don't get tempted by it because FOMO and all that, I would definitely be looking for that. On, on any we all know that's not happening, so that's, that's fine. I, I think we could probably write that off, but I'm, I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to be good and, and leave it at home. But we're, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a bit of space in the diary on Saturday, but <laughs> I'm, now, I'm now picturing the Instagram stories. Hole one, full send driver. Right, great. <laughs> yeah, reload. <laughs> Where Smash are you playing? Uh, Bletchingley, Bletchingley Park. Uh, oh, nice. oh, you need a driver for that. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, I'm probably going to be taking it. But um, I like to think, right, no, good few holes. Just get the ball down the middle and, and we'll see how we get on. But um, no, need a driver. Yeah, it's likely likely to be, without any practice, a bit of a shower of shit. But it's, I kind of feel like it's one of those, set your expectations low and then, well, if you surpass them, brilliant, you've had a great day. The day Fowlis starts playing safe is the day I actually start to panic because he might start scoring even better, and that that terrifies me. So uh, keep taking driver, mate. It's uh, it's great. Keep going. <laughs> um, I'm I'm off with uh, 
your brother, Benjamin. Me and Callum are going to, where are we going? Hurtmore uh, in Surrey with two other Sunday Red members, uh, Jake and Gary, which is, we've been invited down there. So that's looking forward to that. Uh, also quite a nice open course, which I feel is is a good way to ease back into it. So I'm <laughs> quite excited, quite excited for that. It's nice and short as well. So it will suit you down to the ground. Su- suits me beautifully. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> However, I'm honestly considering if I just write off golf for the rest of the year. I just retired for this year based on the 35 pointer I got last time out and <laughs> yeah, finish there. <laughs> just have like just use the next three weeks to practice <laughs> to keep that score intact. Yeah, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad plan. Um, of, of one degree, and that's it's, it's you know that's quite punchy to get out on the course and, and go and, and slog it for four hours in, in close to freezing. Yeah, have you? I also have you checked? I haven't. I haven't checked Hurtmore yet. Have you checked what your handicap will be at Bletching Me? I have not. No, not so I, I should. I should have done that because I reckon it will be. I'll get a fewer shots, uh, which will be an interesting thing to. Uh, you will definitely, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely Friday afternoon if I can get a booking at the driving range. I will be hitting the driving range for for an hour or so. Just I'm. I'm I've got to just know. I can't walk into the first tee not having a clue. <laughs> what, what, even if even on Friday, I'm like, okay, my bad shot is whatever the bad shot is. At least I can get into the first tee knowing, okay, I can at least account for the bad shot being whatever it's going to be, rather than just going up there and being like, oh, I've got no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> That's my theory. For an entertaining game of golf, yeah, well, Maybe. Well, or a super frustrating first six holes, and then you you walk off on the ninth, Alice. Yeah, it's not. I'm going to rule it out now. It's not happening unless it starts raining heavily, and then uh, then I'll be done. But uh, we'll be good this week. We're going full eighteen. I'm committing to it. Expectations are low, though. I'll be honest with you. Like four four weeks off, whatever it's been. By the time we get back out, expectations will be will be low. Driving range session on Friday. Head out, have some fun. I think even um, the guy we're playing with, it was even like, maybe we could do a little 2v2. I was like, oh God, okay. Team competition coming up immediately. Okay, great. How are we going to do this? Now I'm letting someone else down that I'm playing with. Oh my word. Panicking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, anything else? Anything else with post-lockdown to wrap up? Anything else you want to guys talk about? The only thing I'd I'd say is, we're <laughs> predictably, we're all coming at this very negatively. Just assume, sure. yeah. <laughs> assume we're going to pick it. <laughs> which I really enjoy that we've not given one one iota of positive self reinforcement <laughs> with any of this. So I was just going <laughs> to just going to say, maybe we should change our mindset because imagine if we rock up on Sunday or Friday, or whatever, and then oh yeah, just back to what I was doing before. Hit thirty. Have you ever had it where you've had to take a little break and come back and that first round back's been quite good because you've got in with zero expectations? Well, lockdown, after lockdown one, I believe I hit <laughs> 32 points my first yeah. round back. I think oh, I hit, yeah. I think, I mean, admittedly we were at the home of golf, Chelsford Lakes. I think I hit something like a nine, I think I hit like a 91 for 32 or something. Oh, lovely. Okay. That doesn't make nice. sense. That's too, uh, so, uh, it was 32 points anyway. Anyway, you, you scored pretty well. Ben, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, I think knowing um, golf is back is definitely, you know, I, I'm pretty into golf anyway, but knowing that golf is back, my enthusiasm and excitement for it has stepped up massively, um, kind of from over the weekend. And I 
pretty much spent most of my free time uh, on YouTube watching golf stuff. So the enthusiasm of Pep is back. I tried to <laughs> avoid it as much as I could the past three weeks is to not miss it too much. But um, no, we are back in full send uh, whoring golf mode right now. Let me ask you a question. Do you think there's a situation for us three, for everyone listening, where actually an enforced four-week break could be a, a good thing? No. Goal. No, in terms of in terms of like um, scoring, i.e., progress in the game. I mean, there is there is an element where I I know I always enjoy rounds after having a few weeks off and not putting too much pressure on myself for that because I'm always like, right, I'm so close now. There's a really good score in there, and I keep playing week after week after week. And if you don't hit that score, then it can be quite deflated. I've got no expectations heading into Sunday, so I guess in that aspect, it'd be pretty good. But not in, but not in terms of a. I've had four weeks off of like practice and everything, and I'm now like okay, I'm almost like resetting, going. But like, there's no like where you think that would help. No, no not the, the only situation I can think of where it would help would be if someone has been struggling with something just before lockdown and just needs to have an absolute reset. Hit the reset button. Take four weeks yeah. off. Just don't think about golf. Don't play golf. Come back again, reset, go yeah. again. Because I think a lot of the time when you've when you've got an issue, especially if you're like an amateur hacker like we are, the tendency is right. I've got I've got an issue or a flaw in my game. What I'll try and do is I'll try and go down to the range three times this week and hit balls until it fixes itself. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas I think if you're in that situation, I think you can probably gain a little bit by just stepping away and be like, you know what. I, I, I may have played this game for I don't know two years, ten years, fifteen years, however long. I've not forgotten how to play golf overnight. I might just need some time away. Just come back, reset, stop thinking about it, stop worrying. That's the only real situation I can think of that might benefit people. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I, my, my fear mainly is around the short game, and especially because four weeks ago, I imagine I don't know what courses the conditions are going to be in. Like the greens are they going to be different? Like you, I feel like I've lost that few weeks of. I don't know, like managing that adjustment, like creating that consistency or whatever my game is. But that that's one thing that I'm worried about. Long game, I'm less worried about. Short game, I'm a bit more worried about. See, I'm the complete opposite. I'm the complete opposite, basically, because putting's about the only thing that I've been managed to practice, even though it is on a map. Uh, I know you can't replicate real greens. And also, as, as I alluded to last week, I was getting in my own head and in my own way with chipping. And I felt I was better when I was just freer. Going into it with no expectations, I think that's probably going to benefit my short game. Whereas not knowing... I cannot, I cannot wait for the first duff and then just bend to lose it. Fantastic, <laughs> because I've got absolutely nothing to base it on. I have no idea where my swing is at. So my long game, I'm, that's something I'm actually... Yeah, you'll be fine. Um, you're, annoyingly, you'll be fine. So Genuinely. Um, okay, let's, let's move on. We've... We should we should talk about the pros. There's one person in particular I want to talk about. Uh, let's start with <coughs> the European. Actually, did either of you watch any of the golf over the weekend? I watched some limited amounts of golf. Um, European Tour, Ladies European Tour. Ben, what did you watch? Yeah, I mean, I watched a bunch of the European Tour. Um, I fell in love with South Africa when I went there a few years ago. Um, very, very fortunate enough to have gone on a safari. And wow. I remember seeing Leopards Creek. I think I watched the tournament there before and I immediately that kind of went up to the top of the bucket list. So the first few days I was kind of glued to, um, it looked amazing. Oh, I, it, it was, was gl- and I've never been to South Africa and I would 
I would now happily organize a golf tour <laughs> to, yeah. to South Africa. Some lovely wine drinking. Yeah, like I'm all up for this. This is I mean the course is sensational. To be able to see, you know, to pretty much be able to see um your own safari from tea boxes, I think is is something that you're never gonna get anywhere else in the world. Mm. Um, and even I'd look, it's, it's, it, I know it sounds a, a bit steep, but you're going there for a pretty awesome holiday. It was, it worked out roughly 210 pounds around there. Including stay though, you said, right? No, that's not included. Not stay. including stay. It, okay. We expected to stay in one of their, um, partner lodges, which is, you know, you're right in the middle of, of the safari. And I, but I kind of feel like 210 pounds, that is one of those life experiences that I just, I wouldn't hesitate twice to, if I was there, to pay the £210. Not a problem yeah. at all. Well, how much does safari cost? That would probably cost a grand or so to go on safari. So you're practically saving money by playing golf. Like that. Yeah, exactly. There you go. If you can <laughs> convince the wife to... Uh, to <laughs> just walk around the course with me, you pee in a buggy, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's an extension of the safari anyway. I get to hit some golf balls. I just I wouldn't fancy hitting one into the lake. I know they did say that they, they try their best to keep the, the crocs and uh, <laughs> out of there, but I don't know. They're, they're quite big, and I kind of yeah. feel like they're quite <laughs> difficult. Can you imagine you just get, by the way, just don't go too near the lake. We try our best to keep the crocs out. I'm like, what do you mean you try your best? Like, what's <laughs> what are we talking here? How good is your best? Yeah. <laughs> But I thought, um, I think it, watching it, it must be the most difficult tournament for the professionals to stay locked in on because when you, whenever they were speaking to them post-round, um, they were all talking about how they were just about to go and jump on a safari truck and head out. Um, and, you know, these those safari rides take anywhere from an hour to, to multiple hours. I guess one element of it, it would be great if, you, if you've had a shock or even if you've had a good one and you've put yourself under pressure and you need someone to switch off. But if you're someone who likes to practice or needs to practice and work on something and you've got the temptation of going on the safari, I can imagine it would be quite a difficult tournament to really stay locked in, zoned in on on the task at hand when you've got that, all that going on around you. I mean, I feel like there's wherever you go, there'll be some level of distraction that, you, I mean, sure, not necessarily safari, but there'll be some level of distraction that you could go and do. So if someone's really wanting to find something to go and do, they, they don't have to practice. They can disappear off, couldn't they? yeah i suppose but i but i mean during the round i think it's if your mind is wandering elsewhere to safari to whatever based on what james said all the way back and i can't remember what episode we had him on but from a psychology point of view switching off in between shots is actively encouraged or like you know, not focusing on your golf is actively encouraged so i i would say if anything might help having a little safari as you're going around is actually getting you not focused on what's happening next it's just keeping your mind off on something different yep uh, anyway um who won it christian uh Bezaden, how damn it <laughs> crap i tried uh four shots clear in the end so that was fairly dominating and who was it that got i saw almost had a hole in one off the par four damn it I'll I'll link I'll link it in I'll find it and I'll link to it in the email that goes out in the social because it was like a solid drive and just comes straight off the pin and I was like oh that's that's a good effort. Uh, now the person I really want to talk about because this is this is quite exciting. We the race to Costa del Costa del Sol finished this week with an absolutely dominating performance from Emily Christine Pedersen. Not only did she win 
uh, the oh my word, where did they play this way? Uh, the Andalusia Open de España by four shots. So that's a win this week. In the last three weeks, <laughs> that brings her total to four trophies. So that's four tournament wins in the last three weeks, which is just unbelievable. And she has won the race to Costa del Sol with triple the amount of points compared to the nearest challenger. That is quite literally domination. She has had a wonderful season. 12 starts, five wins, three other top tens. That for me is just unbelievable. Did I, I watched quite a bit of the uh, quite a bit of the golf and, uh, and thoroughly enjoyed it. Do you, either of you two manage to watch any of the um, the ladies' golf? I'm going to come completely clean. I similar, similar to what I've got to do this Friday. My entire weekend was spent. Be, being brutally honest, I'm I'm house hunting at the moment. So <laughs> life, I did notice you were staying particularly quiet during that first life section. Is getting in the way of my golf viewing at the moment, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn it. Ben, did you watch any and playing as well? Yeah. <laughs> uh no, didn't didn't kind of watch it. Well, I saw, saw bits j- just catching up on, on some of the stuff on, on social media. I mean going I think I, I had a quick look uh, into it. First player um to win three back to back since nineteen eighty nine, which wow you know, it's, that's she's tearing up the field really it's complete domination i didn't like i said i didn't, didn't really watch much of it but to, to kind of hear that and see that and, um you know there's a lot to talk about her and i think i think someone might be able to correct me if this is wrong but this week was the, she finally secured her spot at the u.s open oh really oh, i don't know that's what she's been up until this point like this was the the one that 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 did it that sealed it so um i think it's yeah, because she was she was way down the rankings at the beginning of the season. And I think even now, she I don't think she's top 50 yet. I don't think. But I mean, you're putting yourself, giving yourself a, a good chance of breaking that top 50, a good chance of <laughs> scoring well in the next few seasons, aren't you? If you can uh, have a season like that. Yeah. Really amazing. Um, that, that's the pros. Now, there was another event, exhibition, the match. Uh, and now it's my turn to come completely honest, <laughs> completely clean. Uh, I completely forgot about it. I uh, didn't watch it. <laughs> saw the saw the highlights popping up in the morning. I was like, ha, huh, I feel like I've missed something here. Uh, are you guys going to make me feel bad or are you going to make me feel better here? Did either of you two watch the match with, it was just Phil was the only pro in this one. Uh, but did either of you two watch this one? I'm going to start with Ben. No, I, I, I'm going to make you feel a little bit better. I honestly did not know what day it was on. I knew it was coming <laughs> up. I had absolutely no idea when it was until um, I started seeing like uh, social media posts, like post event. So um, I, I I liked a lot of American sports as a kid. So Peyton Manning and, and Steph Curry are, are two people that I'm I know pretty you know pretty well. I've grown up watching both basketball and NFL. So it's it's something that I definitely would have been interested in. A little less so watching Charles Barkley play golf because he's um, got one of the worst things I think I've ever seen. Excellent, excellent basketball player. Possibly not the best golfer. Although, did, did I see he won? Him and Phil won? Entertainer. Four, yeah. Four, yeah, okay. Um, but I, I've kind of been keeping up again with on, on social media side of things. And the, Steph Curry's been, been dug out quite a lot because by the sounds of it, he had a pretty, pretty poor round. But by all accounts, from a few podcasts I've listened to and things I've seen, he's a sensational golfer. Um, considering he's a 
one of the best basketball players. Kind of in yeah, the- I mean, he's he's played on the web.com tour, hasn't he? Maybe two events, and I'm pretty sure he's missed the cut in both. However, he's but not by but not by much. Like it's not like he's scoring eighties and nineties while going around. No, so I I I listened to a podcast where they they dug into it and he actually beat someone. Um, he didn't finish dead last over the right. round, which considering that's not how he makes his profession, the guy yeah. <laughs> literally is. You know, he's considered one of the best in the world, as much as he's not elite elite. Um, so I know he's pretty good, but um, I think it just there's a different type of pressure. I mean. We feel the different type of pressure when we're farting around on our Instagram channel. You can only imagine yeah. what it's like. <laughs> just four of you on the course and millions of people watching. Um, it's, like, it's like, Ben, don't panic. There is at least three people going to watch this clip. Yeah. Oh, crap. Sh- yeah. Shank, chunk, whatever. Like, all kind of uncharacteristic things happen. So I think by all accounts, he had a, he had a bad day at the office. And you know, for, for Charles Barkley to pull, pull out a win on the golf course, I think there's... <laughs> it needs to be a lot of shit coming from the other team. To be totally honest, Timbo, what about you? Uh, to be honest, well, a few things on this. I mean, similar to Ben, actually, I didn't think there was as much um, build-up and sort of coverage, like advertising around this one, as there there was the one before. So I, 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 I far as say none. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was going on, and I saw that. I, I kind of saw the, the a bit of the social media that like phil was putting up and 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 things like that but in terms of the event itself no i i agree it was kind of it it was it wasn't really put out there very well certainly not over here in the uk anyway and i i kind of missed it as i said i was kind of preoccupied on the weekend anyway um so i didn't get to see it but um yeah it's a bit strange really how it just seemed to be a bit of a ship in the night sort of situation with it i kind of blink and you miss it um so no, unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't see it, but I, I have seen obviously uh, Mr. Barkley's swing on a number of occasions. <laughs> so I think there is a pr- that if, if you get a chance, I think it's on YouTube. There's a, there's a fantastic video of someone's basically, I think, artificially put in a, a pro tracer to some of his shots. And if you want two minutes of just howling out loud, laughing, <laughs> give, that, give that a go. Nice, I like that a lot. So this kind of this kind of brought the question to me. This was this was match number three. Is this match number three from this series from this particular yeah. exhibition yeah. match? I think we've had a few others, and other other charity events, etc. Now, I kind of want to imagine imagine this situation. The producers of the match come to come to you two, all, all three of us, and say, "Hey guys, we'd like to we'd like to run an event, and we'd like you to pick who you would want in the next match." Uh, let's say it's going to be hosted in the UK this time so that we can actually see it and, and probably get it on our TV screens and, and get involved with it. But you can pick anyone. But I'm, apart from this time, I'm going to say there has to be two golfers, two pros and two celebs from any sport, from anywhere. It doesn't have to even be a sports person from anywhere. Two pros, two celebs. Who would you most like to see? And what teams would you have them in? I'm going to go to, I'm going to, go to Timbo first. Okay, so I've I've worked this on the basis that I'll 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 be kind of going round with them, if not playing. But I'd like to kind of be okay. there experiencing it with them. Is the way I've kind of got, got, gone gone with this one. So have you uh, have you included yourself in the football? <laughs> Are you a celeb? No, you've got you've got twelve listeners on a podcast. Are you considering yourself a celeb right now? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I've not put myself in the four. Don't you worry. I wouldn't go that far. Um. No, so I, I've chosen 
I th- yeah, I think this is a good, a good, a good foursome. Um, so I'm going to start off. Who, should I start off with pros or celebs? Where do you want me to go? Uh, let's go pros. Pros first. Okay. Straight in there. If we're basically in England, I'm getting Eddie Pepperell in there. Mike him up. Yeah, nice. Mike him up. Love that. Get him playing in a relaxed celebrity situation because I think there'll be fireworks in terms of the chat that will go on. And I would just like to see what he does to the oppo. Um, so Eddie Pepperell goes straight in there. And my, my other pro is um, is Anne Van Dam. Oh, okay. I like this. Still, I, I still maintain the the probably the best swing in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And I defy anyone to to argue with me on that one. Um, I just think I, I was really keen, keen to get a um, a female golfer in there, um, just because for a couple of reasons, really. And it was interesting um, what Jazzy was saying last week when we spoke to her about how more of us should be watching um, female golfers, just because for the for the average hacker, if, if for the average male hacker, you probably you can probably pick up more tips and apply maybe a little bit more from their game to your own so i was quite keen to get um someone in there i just thought and and van damme best swing in the next game possibly yes biggest problem though might be more relatable but they're still in the middle of the fairway which uh when i I say relatable (laughs) yeah yeah not in terms of in terms of putting the ball in the the fairway um but there's there, there is there's definitely um there's definitely a sense that if you were going to if you were going to learn golf swing by just watching <laughs> a player i'm pretty sure it's it's been put out there that you're better off watching a female pro than a male pro to actually learn something from and put that into your game no doubt um so yeah that's where i've gone with my with uh with with the pros now on celebs um i did originally write down someone but i'm pretty sure they don't play golf so i'm going to scratch them out and i did put down ricky gervais originally but there's no chance he's playing golf no way <laughs> So I've, I've, I've screwed him out. Um, and he did give me a bit of a rethink of people. Of, oh, yeah, I want people, I'll probably choose people who I'm pretty sure would would actually play golf or would be able to pick it up quite quickly. So um, my first one was actually Joe Root because I think cricketers make excellent, it, make excellent golfers. I don't know if anyone saw KP get his first ever hole-in-one on Instagram last week, but that was yep. quite something. Yeah. Um, Plus, I also think Root's a bit of a character. He, um, maybe not so much now he's been given the captaincy of the England cricket team, but certainly back in the day, definitely a bit of a character. I'm pretty sure he likes a, uh, he enjoys a beer and a night out. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty probably keen fair assumption. Uh, to get Root in there. Um, I'm probably going to pair Joe Root with Eddie Pepperell as, as the pairing. Which then leaves the the spot who's going to play with uh, Anne Van Dam, and I'm going to, and again I've watched this documentary to death earlier this year. Michael Jordan <laughs> going in there, <laughs> nice. Excellent character. Feel like I feel like I've watched the Last Dance that many times now that I feel like I basically know him. Um, so I think yeah, get him in there. So yeah, my my pairings: Eddie Pepperell and Joe Root taking on Anne Van Dam and Michael Jordan. Would be my love that. I love that. Okay, nice. Ben, who have you got? So I I went uh, and split them. I'll, I'll name my pairings. The first one I went for, they are all out sporting superstars. And 
absolute heroes of mine as a kid and would just it would just be excellent to just watch them perform um so first one's tiger i, I can't go anywhere else other than other than my guy you know, idolize the man and, and have done since I was, I was a kid so um yeah it'd be good to see him and i've paired him with michael jordan as well um, <laughs> <laughs> michael jordan's playing then okay he's, he's in away, but after watching again watching the last dance i knew jordan was a golfer but i didn't realize quite how keen a golfer he was i am surprised he's not been in one so far mm. the fact that he's quite openly a very keen golfer um you know and he's certainly better than parkley for sure <laughs> um, so yeah, I went for like the dream team greatest athletes of, of all time pairing. And then the second one, I went more for kind of the comedic value and, and kind of all round entertainers as much as, um, you know, we had to pick a pro, but I went for more entertaining pros, which I was going to go, I actually had down Eddie Pepperell, but there was an asterisk next to it, which if Tim goes Eddie Pepperell, go with Tyrrell Hatton. <laughs> nice. Tyrrell Hatton's dry sense of humor, I think would just yeah. get under the skin of Tiger <laughs> Jordan and I would just love to see it so um, pro on that side is Tyrrell Hatton and then someone who it may surprise him that he plays golf but he's incredibly entertaining he's been involved in in commentary of a few sporting events recently I think the, the, the boxing of the YouTuber and, and the next basketball player of the weekend Snoop Dogg so I've gone with Tyrrell Hatton <laughs> Snoop Dogg, sorry Snoop Dogg plays golf yeah. <laughs> he reportedly plays off 18 <laughs> I feel like Cyril <laughs> Hatton and Snoop Dogg would be incredible. What a combo. I mean, I mean, we're all fans of, of, of Snoop from a, Snoop and some of the Dog. stuff. Uh, I feel like he'd be, he'd, be, he'd, uh, he'd definitely light up the TV screen and, and make it fun. That's for sure. Amazing. Are we, are we, is this a, uh, You've Googled it and there's one one picture of him with a golf club and you've guessed the rest. What's... No, I feel like I have seen him and I've heard him talk about it before. Um, and then when I was, yeah, I was looking at celebs earlier on who played golf and I saw him in a couple of bits and I was like, yeah, this, I'm not going anywhere else. Snoop, Snoop's the man. It's <laughs> basically seen him in like a patterned jumper and like some form of flat cap and he's just taken from that that he definitely plays golf. <laughs> By the way, do you know that uh, Celine, Celine Dion is on Apparently, I, I, I almost included Celine Dion in mine when I saw that earlier. I was like, I need to see this. This is this is amazing. Um, one thing that this did highlight for me is that I, my awareness. This is probably more of the issue. My awareness of there's lots of quote unquote, not quote unquote, male celebs playing golf. I don't know enough female celebs who play golf. Like this was a big thing for me as I was going through. I'm sure I didn't type into Google female celebrities who play golf. Um, but I'd love to find out if there were more more to get them involved in things like this. Go on, Timbo. Can I I can't believe I'm about to do this. Can I make a substitution? Are you bringing in Celine Dion? Is she no, she turned out no, to be very I'm good? Not, you? I don't know how I didn't I don't know how I didn't put this down. Um I'm <laughs> I'm something out. Well, I did mention before that I wanted to get someone who would bring some comedic value to the piece. Um, yeah. So I'd, quite, I'd like to invite Mr. Bill Murray into my four ball. Sure. Um, yeah. he, who are you ditching? He definitely can play golf. And is who, are we, golf. who are we now officially going to rule off the podcast for future episodes because Tim's ditched him out of their four ball? <laughs> well, 
Mate, in the, in the nicest possible way, I'm not sure that Michael Jordan is coming on this podcast. I mean, you never know. Anytime soon. <laughs> but also on the basis on the basis that Fowlis has also put him in his football, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna swap MJ out for Bill Murray. Okay, okay. MJ traded for Bill Murray. <laughs> nice. Okay, I like that. Good switch. Awesome. Okay, so I, I also I went for a a mixed football. I feel like we should get get some women players into these exhibition matches. So I've gone two female pros, two male celebs. Okay. So uh, the two female pros we I've one of them I've spoken about a lot <laughs> on this podcast, and we have just been really enjoying watching her play. That's Danielle Kang, just absolutely dominating. Also, just on her socials, she just seems like quite a fun person. So I feel like we she'd be quite good. Uh, in a in a relaxed environment like this, I wanted to get some English in there, so I've gone with Charlie Hull. Uh, ever since seeing her score, I think it was like a nine uh, in the pros, and just being like, eh, and just hitting one into the bushes, one into the lake, and just kind of casually cracking on and just laughing it off. I was like, that is someone who you want to spend time with and just be like chilled out and having a good team banter with. My two celebs, JT Justin Timberlake. Yeah, good golfer. A very good golfer. Also, no, not John Terry. No, no, Justin <laughs> Timberlake. Uh, also for comedic value, good uh, some good comedy in there. Wanted to com- complete the football with some more comedy value. Mark Wahlberg, apparently a very good golfer. So, oh yes. <laughs> so I'm I'm throwing and I'm going to put uh, Charlie Hole and Justin Timberlake against Danielle Kang and Mark Wahlberg. That's my football. I mean, it would be good fun. It'd be good fun. I, I also having now as we're talking this through, I realise that probably wouldn't be a very good UK based base setup. But <laughs> I, that's the, that's the football that I'd have. I think the likes of Joe Root, Eddie Pepperell would be outstanding. Cheryl Hound, outstanding. Snoop Dogg. I mean, that's a winner for me. I mean, Snoop Dogg is a winner. Michael, Dorn, I love that. I uh, yeah, some good footballs in there. Someone who didn't who who I really feel like I should have put in there Samuel L. Jackson also a very good golfer loves his golf that's someone who didn't quite make the cut yeah controversial not a good actor though so I don't think it would be uh... <laughs> right ruled him off the podcast yeah. so <laughs> don't you know wouldn't w- wouldn't sell tickets for me sorry sorry Samuel really? you ain't interesting in. don't find it okay. sorry mate don't find it I'm not sure is, it, is he I'm not, I'm not sure he's a comedy actor is he no uh, Sorry, he's, yeah, he's not in. Ruling that one out. Not ben Fallis, ruling out Samuel L. Jackson. Probably a great guy, but sorry, no. Also, we should also we should have also come up with a venue. Damn it, we'll do that next time. Um, now, moving on from here. Actually, before we move on, if you're listening and you're thinking you guys have picked the worst four balls I've ever heard in my life. Very I'd possible. love to hear, very possible. I'd love to hear who you would have in your four balls. So uh, when we put this out on the socials, I'll include a, your your four ball for a, a new match. We want to hear them. Put them in there. Uh, I know lots of you like to message us and tweet us as well. Maybe tweet us. We haven't had a tweet this week. Hmm. Tweet us. Your four ball. Who would your four ball be for the next match? Two pros, two celebs. Pick them and let us know. Okay, now we can move on. Some relatively... I'm going to say quite big news from the world of golf this week. And it's there's not a lot of information released around it, but I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts on it were. Is this quote-unquote alliance 
between the European Tour and the PGA Tour. Now, what they're very much stressing is that this is not a merger. This is not it becoming one global tour. However, I would argue that it's very much going to move towards that direction. Uh, But my understanding is the PGA have purchased 10% of European tour productions. I'm not not entirely sure. but So they've obviously got a state interest now. But I think the the biggest thing for me is well, actually, but have you guys seen much about this? And what's your thoughts on this? Do you feel like this is going to be a good thing or a bad thing? Ben, I'm going to come to you first. Yeah, so I I, I read quite a bit into it just to find out some more about it and and kind of echoing what you said then. I think it's key to to point out they are quite strongly stating it is not a merger; it is a, a partnership. Which you know, I th- I think it's overall it's a great move for golf from me. Um, Why? I just I've I've got a bunch of well I've got two negatives but then I've got a few positives I'll I'll kind of start off with the negatives uh, and then we'll kind of end on a positive. Um, long term, I'm a little bit concerned for the European Tour that it gets swallowed up when they're using statements like "it's not a merger." It's, <laughs> it sounds like when you hear like a big company, you know, create a partnership with another company and then very quickly it turns into we're now one company and it's just a big company. Um, So I kind of feel like little by little, it might end up being the PGA Tour kind of somewhat takes over, which could be completely wrong. But uh, I think that would be quite sad to see the European Tour go. Um, Also, slight concern for the lower ranked players. So when you're watching European Tour, there's always a whole host of players that you've not necessarily heard of before. Like um, when the tournament was in South Africa this weekend, there were lots of more South African players in there. The guys that probably wouldn't get a chance uh, if it was in Spain or whatever, just because of local qualifiers. You know, those are a little bit lower down the world rankings. If this, I'm going to call it a merger because I kind of feel like it will head that way. I kind of wonder if those guys are going to get pushed out and never really get the chance. So I almost feel on a negative sense, it's similar to what they're reaching for in football at the moment with the big six of like, we're going to say we're not trying to stretch away and create a super league. But it almost feels like the elite are going to push on and make it even more elite. And then it will cut off uh, almost everyone else and make it even more challenging to get into that elite, which that would be, they're the two negatives that I really kind of thought. Um, but overall, I've got more positives. And I don't know whether you want to go to Tim. Yeah, take a, Tim, have you got any negatives before we let Ben go loose on the, the positives? So I'll be honest, when I heard this news, I wasn't that buzzed about it if i'm brutally honest um because on face value the pga is the pga and the european tour is the european tour and i think they should remain separate and as much as they come out and say in fact emphatically this is not a merger to me that sounds like you know when 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 a football manager gets the dreaded vote of confidence he's got the full <laughs> back of the board it basically means we don't back him at all yeah. um so I am very cynical and I don't think that the PGA are doing this for any other reason than to have more of an influence in the European tour. So that was the way I initially came into it. Um, the other subplot of that would be, by the way, that if the PGA does take over the European tour, then you're in a very strange subplot situation where the PGA looks after both the European side of the Ryder Cup and the American side of the Ryder Cup. Um, but the more I thought about it, 
and I thought about the state of the European tour. One way or another, the European tour in the near future is going to have some form of investment or takeover or consortium that bids for it. Now, you can go one of two ways in this, I think, which is you can either go down a private company route, which you're then into a completely independently owned company that doesn't necessarily need to have a track record in golf. They could just put a load of money and bid for it, in which case you're then potentially in more of a risk to have the death of the European tour as we know it, and you move to a Premier League of golf situation or a Formula One kind of set up to the game, uh, which I'm absolutely not in favour of at all. So I'm, where I'm rounding out on this is I don't like either of the options, but the, but getting the PGA to invest in it is probably the lesser of the two evils is probably where my head's at right now. Because they, they my understanding was they spoke to the... Um... I'm this may, my knowledge of this is not good enough, but I'm going to say it was Saudi backed the Premier Golf League. Yep, and I think that's probably what sparked the conversation with the PGA was my understanding of how this all went, and they basically went, "Well, we don't want to be with the Premier Golf League, so let's go find the the alternative option." Is my understanding of how that that flow went? Yeah, and I think there are definitely. I think there are good things that can come out of greater collaboration between the PGA and the European tour. And I think we've spoken a few times around uh, the ambition to make the game a bit more global than it is now in terms of locations, where it's played, grow the game, go to more locations, um, maybe have different types of events, different, not themed events, but you know, you've got like the waste management open. Do you go for a night golf tournament in Dubai? Do you go for a night golf tournament in turkey all those kind of things like change a little bit of the situation about where golf is getting played because i've i've moaned a few times about how you watch the pga and it's pretty much always perfect condition sunny in a course it doesn't look completely dissimilar to where it was played the week before yeah um so if they can get their ducks in a row in that way and and really properly show that they want to make it a really global game and invest in the right way and put it into the right areas then it could be absolutely amazing and brilliant i'm a cynical guy i don't know if that's what they're going to do with it (laughs) okay that's fair ben take us through some of your take us through some of your positives and for me there's one positive that if you don't mention i'll come back to you but give me take us through your positives yeah so a couple you you guys both kind of touched upon i'll go through those first for me it closes the door on the breakaway golf league so now whatever happens you're always going to have the air quotes history of it's the PJ Tour, it's the European Tour, and you know you can continue on the winners of tournaments, and it, it stays as that. Um, and then also, it, you're not going to have the instance from the Breakaway Golf League where you have the endless question of who was better than who because they're playing in different federations. Now it's yeah. going to be now we've got all the guys in one place. The best player wins, uh, and it's, it's definitive. Um, kind of again, Aaron, on what, on what Tim just said. I, th- I think it opens the door for them being kind of more creative with golf tournaments, which which would be good. So, you know, what can they put on? Can they do the night golf? Can they can they introduce the Ladies European Tour and the LPGA Tour? How can they start factoring those? And I think once you get... Because they've also met, like the LPGA and LET are now yeah. one or partners or something as well, aren't they? Is my understanding. I think it's, it's once you get them in a room, it's, it's right, how can we grow the game? And it doesn't yeah. necessarily just have to be putting more money into the prize pot to get the big players to their tournament. Um, so yeah, that was that was, that was another, the second positive for me was was different 
variations of tournaments we spoke about before. Um, kind of a third one, hopefully we're now going to be seeing um, you know, pros uh, playing in conditions that are similar to us. So going yeah. to play in cat conditions in Ireland and yeah. Scotland, in England, instead of just, like Tim said a second ago, nice, flat, still, beautiful conditions in, in sunny Florida sort of thing. So, it will, you know, I quite enjoy watching golf tournaments anyway, but it's going to be even more interest for me seeing them play in beautiful sunshine one week to wind and rain the next. To so, go and play okay, so this, so this is my question. Do you, do you think they'll have, they'll go down the route of less events in America and put more events elsewhere in the world? Do you think that's, and they'll say, like, do you actually think that's going to happen? I, I mean, immediately no. And I think even next year is not. For as long as the money in the game is as high as what it is and the sponsors are willing to pay it, they're going to be putting on golf tournaments as frequently as they can. I kind of do feel that inevitably the PGA Tour are going to rule the roost and, and have their say. And a lot of it is going to be based in the States. But I think the collaboration opens the doors for at least saying, what's the weekend, this weekend, December 4th and 5th, say hypothetically, right, we're not going to have a tournament in the United States. And what we're going to yeah. do, we're going to promote your tournament in yeah. wherever it may be, in Europe, in Africa, in Australia, to try and get more of the big players over, which yeah. I think in that sense, is going to be great. So the, the PGA yeah. may, I think, may only cut a few tournaments from their schedule. But then if they're actively involved in the European Tour um, kind of TV rights, well, then they're actively going to hopefully encourage their players to go and play. Yeah, I think that was that for me was the, one of the big, pos- like the, the big positives. And I, as I was reading through the official, you know, documentation or whatever, like the, the two words were combined calendar. And I was like, combined calendar to me, Obviously, I don't know what this actually means, but to me, that would suggest okay, we won't hold, you know, two event, two relatively big events, one on the PGA Tour, one on the European Tour, and we won't have them competing against each other, so that you've got players making a decision if they want to play both, they'll be able to because they'll be on different different weekends or whatever. And I think that for me would encourage a lot of the European Tour players to play events, more events on the European tour and actually bring across some of the players that we would love to see taking on courses over here in the European tour from the PGA tour, bring them across and getting them across because they're like, well, as you said, Ben, there's no event on this weekend here. I want to go make some money. Let's go play some golf in Ireland. Let's go play some golf in Turkey, wherever. I think think for me, that was one of the big positives. I think a positive, hopefully, again, if if, if the PGA have an invested interest in the European tour, then hopefully we're going to start seeing prize pots balance out. And this, this again, this falls into my final positive because I think this, the balance of the pro game at the moment is so out of whack between European Tour and, and PGA Tour. You know, a lot of uh, the big Europeans head over to the States to play in nicer conditions against better fields for more money. Ultimately, who, who you know, wouldn't want to do that. So I, I did a little bit of digging the, the event that, has just gone in, in in South Africa versus the most recent event in the United States. You know, they're both mid-season standard events, nothing nothing exceptional, it's not a major, it's not worth any more necessarily. But the purses um, across the two. European Tour this weekend, it was only 1.2 million euros for the whole tournament. The past PGA tournament was $6.6 million, which is 5.5 million euros. So mm. you've got a 4 million euro difference. You know, where are you going to pick if you've got the option? You're going to go for the for the for the one where you got a higher purse. So, 
where I think this is going to be a positive is the PGA are going to go, right, well, we've now got a vested interest in the European Tour. Let's put some more prize money into that. Let's hopefully balance out that playing field and send some of the big boys over or entice yeah, them to go. I think I think you're right. I think this is this is obviously a long term play, right? So obviously it's going it's still going to be the European Tour and the PGA Tour for now, anyway. I, it'd be really I'm really intrigued as to what they do with like the race to Dubai and the FedEx Cup. I'm assuming they don't. I'm assuming they're going to keep them separate and have separate competitions still. Um, one one thing this might solve, which would be really nice, is uh, the US commentators introducing European tour players saying that they've got zero wins on tour when in fact they've got like 12 just all on the European tour yeah. um, that would be really cool they might actually recognise European tour wins as European tour wins now uh, which would be which would be great but yeah I, I'm interested to see what they do if they how they manage the race to Dubai FedEx Cup I hope I would really hope they keep that separate I think it's for it's two separate competitions uh, but then again long term if they if they do end up combining is do i have a problem with one one main competition probably not to be honest with you as long as it's being played everywhere but i think you're right i don't i don't think the pga are going to come in and just magically ramp up prize money i can't remember but they do have a vested interest for the long term so do i think they would probably provide the expertise and sway with sponsors partners etc possibly like and I think that's a benefit that can that, that can come out of it that I think would help. But again, I'm I'm not a business person and I don't know how this all works. So so, so it, I, I'm like you guys, slightly cynical, but kind of partly excited to see what what this actually what in reality this looks like. And and you know what, it might be that nothing changes. I just I'm not yeah. sure that be the case, but um, it'll be interesting. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to talk about. On that is there anything else you want to talk about? On that. No, I think for me, there was just um, it was just a big concern that's kind of nagging, nagging doubt about the whole thing that it could okay. potentially end up being PGA swallow the European Tour. You know, we give yeah. it a few years, and then we end up back at square one again because the Europeans or you know the rest of the world then create a new breakaway tour because the PGA are taking most of the stuff over back over to the United States for commercial value. So then we end up back where we are now, but the European Tour being even further away because they're starting from square one again. So that was just one. Okay, let me, let me, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you both this. Okay. So for me, one of the key things that I would love to see is that combined calendar. For me, that, that makes perfect sense. I would love to see it that they are, you know, there is, there's never going to be the same level competing events. That for me makes perfect sense. Is there anything that you would love to see that we haven't mentioned that you think the European tour can take from PGA tour, PGA tour can take from the European tour. Is there anything that you would love to see that hasn't been done that you think could be with this, with this alliance that they're calling it? I'll go Ben, anything? Other, other than what we've, we've kind of spoken about on previous podcasts and just making it more global, getting more variety in there. I know we've, we've kind of somewhat touched upon it. I mean, an idea that, that me and, and Sophie are, are the female friend our golf group that we spoke about last week. It's, finding a way to merge a tournament so that females and males are playing at the same tournament in yep. the same week. Now there is yep. it's a lot more tennis. than set. tennis do it. Yeah. So the, the example is that is tennis. And that's why the gap is so close in regards to any other sport. When we're talking about level of competition and, and, and pay, obviously if you're getting a field of all of a sudden, now you've got 300 golfers say, instead of the 150 or whatever you've got in your field, 
if you're then trying to get all of those people around a golf course, it's going to get chewed up very quick. Now, admittedly, different tee boxes lead to different landing spots and therefore um, divots and stuff are going to be different. But I, I've just got in my head that there is a way that you can get six days of competition. So men play three days, women play three days, and then they interchange. They have one day on, one day off through, what was that? Tuesday through to Sunday. I would love for a tournament to be done for that. If you're trying to grow the women's game, yeah, do that. I agree. I agree. I think that'd be awesome. Is it- on course, and you've got a vest. Everyone's going to be glued to that for the six days. But yeah, I agree. I I don't know tennis at all, so this is going to make me sound like a right plum. Is is tennis like golf in that there are different federations in different countries, or is it one global organization that looks after everything? So in tennis, you have the ATP for the men and you have the WTA for the ladies. So it's just one single tour and the way it operates on both of those tours are, and a lot of the time, well, not a lot of the time, but many times they will structure the calendar so that eventually, basically both tour, they're exactly that, they're a tour all year round. So you spend eight, nine months of the year moving from country to country, continent to continent, going event to event, event to event. And no matter what country you're from, you're on that tour. Most of the time, they will certainly on a few occasions trying to coincide the um, WTA and the ATP. So they are in the same place at the same time. Um, and then, yeah, when it comes into the the majors, it's you coincide them exactly together and you uh, the, the two competitions overlap completely. So you'll have men and women playing on the same court staggered throughout the day um I, I agree i think it's a brilliant idea in the in the sense that trying to get more events with men and women there at the same time will grow both games yeah. it just will and i think being able to do it in more locations across the world i think you've got a lot of countries which are developing in terms of what courses they've got and their golf proficiency if you like turkey is a great example of that where you know turkey over a relatively small period of time you've seen some amazing courses spring up if it goes truly global and they grow it like this it'll facilitate that it will improve courses and the number of courses around continents and different places and the overall hopefully game of golf will grow now without wanting to sound too dramatic on this ultimately where this goes is completely down to the commissioner and the board of the PGA. They've now got a chart. They've now really, in my opinion, because I don't I, honestly put my cards on the table. I don't even think, think this is as simple as, oh yeah, we're just taking a bit of a stake. We don't actually have an interest. I don't believe that personally. Yeah. Um, so if it's not, and they are actually looking to take more of a control and absorb it all, literally they're at the point now where, look, it is simple as if they are genuinely interested in growing the game, it'll be brilliant. If they're not, and they decide to keep it largely for profit and revenue and keep the events, a lot of the events in the States, you will just see golf spiraling participation in countries around the world will dwindle and we'll be in a worse position. So without wanting to sound dramatic, I think that is the position. Right. Fair. I think the the, the way to to make it global, it's something that I heard on, on commentary at the weekend, and it's something that was enforced on the European tour due to COVID, because obviously you've got not players just from one country. You have players literally coming from all around the world. There are guys coming to play European tour events from the States, from Australia, from, from India, from, you know, all corners of the globe. 
So they said because of COVID, they've had to station them in one location and have three tournaments, four tournaments. So like they said, the UK swing. And the European Tour have basically come out and said it's actually been a big hit and it's been popular with the players. So if there was reservation from the PGA Tour players thinking, well, I don't want to travel to South Africa one week and then to India the next week and then back to the States and then down to Australia. Well, a way around that is you have three weeks of tournaments based in Australia. Then you yeah. move on to three weeks in China. Then you'd move Love that. You know, the PGA Tour are going to want American-based tournaments, obviously. That's fine. Have more stints than other places in the world. Yeah. And then players, if they want to play two weeks of events in South Africa and then have a week off before flying back out to wherever, they can. And then it removes that barrier of them being like, I don't want to go to somewhere for a week, be jet lagged to hell, play awfully, and then just fly home again. Yeah, agree. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think that would be, I, I'd be all over that. I think that'd be great. I think that's a great, a great format. Uh, European Tour, PGA Tour, you are welcome. Ben Thomas has provided us with uh, some very helpful advice there. Take that. Uh, roll with that. We look forward to seeing that in the next few seasons. So uh, you're welcome. I think that's, that's, that's enough serious uh, serious chat for today. Before we before we round up and finish, finish off the, today's episode, Timbo. Tim's going to lay us down a challenge and I'm nervous yet excited about this so he's given us a little insight but tim this by the way this is for listeners as well so um tim what's the challenge well you've preceded this by saying it's just a bit of fun at the end of seriousness this is very serious (laughs) very serious sorry sorry (laughs) don't be down playing it right yes absolutely so um christmas is coming end of lockdown is nigh so for many people they might be thinking of picking up oh you know what christmas Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Maybe, maybe I might pick up a new some new clubs at this time of year. Get some new sticks. Get some new tech in the bag. Now, what I'm going to be? Some people will say I'm being a Grinch when I do this challenge. Others might say I'm being a beacon in what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> a beacon. I'm going to set the boys and myself a bit of a challenge. Uh, and this challenge is actually all about old secondhand clubs. Now. What's underpinning all of this is for the average hacker like ourselves, how much genuine difference does a modern, new, off-the-shelf bit of kit really make against something from, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago? So the first challenge I'm going to set, and we'll review this back on the next pod, is on a budget... I'm going to get you guys to go out and find the best golf club you can find. And you can find this, if you can do this on golf, but you can do it on eBay, Gumtree, car boot sale, because those should be open again now. Um, would you like to know the budget? <laughs> yeah, what, how, what's the budget we've got? Your budget. And you know what? Because I'm feeling generous, this excludes postage fees if they apply. Yeah. Your budget is 10 English pounds. Ten pounds to find any club, or do you say any well, club? It is any club, but ideally, it's a club that you can test against something that's already in your bag. Okay, for... are we going to the driving range with this, or are we going out on a course with this? Ideally, I think I'd like you to take it to a driving range because okay. I want you to look at distance and speed, those kind of metrics. I want to see what the genuine okay. differences are. <laughs> already immediately thought well that that golf club is definitely coming 
on every round of golf I play. And anytime I submit a forfeit to anyone else, they're immediately getting yeah. at this golf club. <laughs> so wait, let me just recap. I've got £10 to spend. doesn't include yeah. postage and packaging. So I can go on eBay and have a look. So £10 yep. to buy any any any, any, club. Golf, any golf club. You know what? Does, I would say it doesn't even need to be an antique golf club. Any golf okay. club is fine. Um, one word of warning, um, because if you go on some websites, they'll try and tell you you can get a maverick driver for ten pounds. You're probably buying a photo of one, so I'd probably steal. <laughs> Useless on the range. How did it go? Poorly. I had a photo. <laughs> okay. Oh, do we have to have completed this by next week? Yes. Shit. Okay. I've well, got- I'll tell you what. Let's we'll see how we get on. By at the very at the very least, I would like you to have the club. By the next okay. Podcast. Okay. Okay. okay fine. At the very least, eBay um, immediately tonight. Yeah. Now, the, where, now this is actually the first part of the equation. Second part, and this okay. don't worry. This will, this will will go on. This will happen over a much longer period of time. By the way, okay. if you're listening to this or if you're in the Sunday Red Group, please give this a go yourself because I want to know what the best. <laughs> I'm going to say best or most interesting club with a story you can pick up for ten pounds. I want to know what's out there. Oh, you can buy some some almighty nonsense on £10. Don't believe me. I've looked. I've checked. Um, the second part of this, and as I mentioned, this is a much longer-term project, is um, I'm going to devise something which is called the second-hand challenge. Now, what this means is I'm going to set a challenge to go out and you, to go out with your buddies, whoever you normally play golf with. Um, between you, try and take as many old alternative versions of clubs that you would normally play with. So, for example, you might be able to find a full set of irons from the 1960s to put in your bag, or you might just find a old driver or an old cutter to put in your bag, whatever it is. Here's, here's, here's the twist. The more non-regular clubs you have in your bag, the more points get added to your handicap on that round. I I get more shots. Correct. Interesting. So, okay. so you are if you are rewarded for the older what? and more abstract clubs you have in your bag. Okay, perfect. What happens if I'm like because I'm now thinking of the Sunday Red Group? We had this conversation a few weeks ago on the pod, right, where we were talking about the first set of clubs we start with are often like a. Uh, a shambled piece together hand-me-downs etc what happens if people are already using <laughs> what they think is the second hand 1980s have they got to go even further back have they got to go like 1950s now with theirs what are they doing you know what i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that if someone is playing with a set of very 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 hand-me-down 1950s clubs then <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb by saying the handicap is probably already at the stage at the place it needs to be for those clubs. Okay, fine, good. I like that. Okay, so challenge part one, we've got a tenner. Yeah, are you involved in this as well? I'm assuming you're involved. Oh, yeah. in it. Okay, fine. So, the, so the three of us, we're going to go find the whatever we can get for a tenner mm-hmm. to compare to a current club in our bag. Yeah. Now by next week, I want you to at least have got the club and then by the following podcast hopefully actually i'd like to go and do this all together is take said golf club to a driving range 
compare it against the modern day contemporary equivalent of that club and see what the real difference is. Can I can I add a caveat? Y- yes. No, not even a caveat, not even a caveat, just a, a thing that I want people to do. We mm. have to film the shots. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I want shot tracer if you've got it. I want to see the difference between the modern club and the the older club for sure. I want to see this. So that we'll we'll definitely do that. Can, the, okay. I, ben, I'm going to rule us out asking in the group, in the Sunday Red group, because I feel like someone might be nice to us and actually give us a second-hand club that's not that's worth more than a tenner and give it to us for a tenner. So I'm going to rule asking in the Sunday Red group out. Do we? Do we I, just 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 to specify? <laughs> I can't. You know, my flatmate's got a, a banged-up old set of clubs. I can't just pull a, you know something out of his bag and just offer him a tenner for that, can I? Have I got to buy it from someone I don't know? No, a, you can buy it from wherever you want. Wherever you want, right? Mm. Okay. okay but if it's are we getting are we getting graded on just how good the club is i yeah i will but if i, I can know, find I don't, a, know what, a, I don't know what point or reward i will give you for <laughs> but i will quite think of something the whole, okay. point, the whole point of the the whole point of the exercise and there is a slightly serious side to this exercise is to demonstrate is to see what the real genuine difference is of people yeah. modern clubs if okay. you are an average hacker like us. Now, if you're Tiger Woods or if you're Bryson or if you're Brooks, yeah, it probably makes an absolute shit ton of difference. I want to see what difference it makes to us. I, I mean, the biggest difference you're going to see is with the driver, right? I would imagine, as in terms of like dispersion or whatever. I feel like, well, I don't you know, know you pick up a 1940s blade <laughs> five iron, that might be interesting. <laughs> Well, I'd be terrified that I absolutely just flush it. I'd be like, go get me the rest of that set. <laughs> okay, I like this challenge. I am immediately excited. I'm about to go into uh, eBay right now. I-, I feel like I have to do this right now because as soon as we release this, I know people are going to be outbidding if they join in the challenge. So <laughs> if someone bids yeah. t- £10 one, it's too much. You're out. You've You've failed. The bods of country are going to be thinking, what is going on? We've sold... <laughs> Why are we peaking on like, old, old clubs? I love this. Okay. Oh, Facebook, Facebook Marketplace. Must be some, some finds on Facebook Marketplace. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go look. Okay, this is awesome. Love this challenge. Looking forward to this. So just part one, part two. Part two, when we go out with the bags, we're going to have to film, aren't we? We're going to have to actually document that round. Yeah. Okay. I love this. Absolutely love this. Awesome. I think that brings us to an end. That's everything that I've got in my notes here. Anything to add from you two? Nope. That rounds me up. Uh, enjoy this weekend, this week, if you're out on the golf course. I know there's yeah. people that are out back in it. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on the course. <laughs> well done. Uh, play well and enjoy the freezing conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Go well. Go well. Awesome. Everyone, thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. See you later. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. If you have loved it, then it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a rating and review uh, or even just sharing it on your socials. It helps us get the word out there. That would be awesome. And thank you to everyone who has done that so far. As always, this show has been brought to you by Sunday Red Golf, the golf club for the hacker, the person that just loves their golf. We've got golf days, events, competitions, giveaways and loads more going on. If you love your golf, you'll want to be a part of this. So come on over to sundayredgolf.co.uk and hit join the club. Also, if you want to find out who the golfer of the year in your group is, 
who would win the race to insert any competition there, uh, then head on over to tourchamp.co and you can start your own golf leagues now for free.